They can be painful and debilitating. So we're discussing headache disorder and migraines and how they're treated. Our guest, Dr. Valerie Staples. She's a family medicine physician for Infirmary Health. This is LifeCast, a podcast from Infirmary Health. Thanks for listening. I'm Joey Waller. Hi, Dr. Staples. Thanks for joining us. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Great to have you with us. So first, just how common are headache disorder and migraines? And what's the difference in a nutshell between the two? So migraines and headache disorders, they kind of overlap. Migraine is a headache disorder. There are several different types of headache disorders, such as tension, cluster, and different basic episodic or intermittent headache disorders that people can have. The difference is basically the type of symptomology in migraine headache. So most of the time people treat a a regular headache at home with over-the-counter treatments. Migraines can be disabling and that is really the biggest standout thing about migraine headaches. So they're pretty common. More than 1 billion people worldwide suffer from migraine headaches, which is just, like I said, one of the primary headache disorders. The number would be much higher if you're encompassing all of them. Around 14% of U.S. Americans suffer from migraines, which is about 39 million people. Women are more likely to have migraines than men are. We're not really sure of the the mechanism of that, but it, it is a fact. It could be that more women seek treatment for it. A headache disorder is any headache condition, such as tension, cluster, migraine, that interferes with a person's quality of life. They could be disabling, causing missed work in school, decreased activities, depression, anxiety, and uh, many other interruptions in daily life. So episodic headaches are usually more intermittent, meaning they aren't as often, but can also be as debilitating and disabling. And chronic headaches are headaches that occur more than four times a month. And if we're trying to distinguish between migraine and headache, we need to define what a normal headache is, if if it can be normal. Almost everyone has had a headache before. They can be triggered by dehydration, fatigue, exposure to allergens, hunger, things like that. They're usually transient, meaning they don't linger, and they're easily treated with acetaminophen or ibuprofen. They're not usually recurring and not particularly disabling. And then migraine headaches, like I said, are usually quite disabling. They can be caused by environmental and physical triggers, and the symptoms are very specific. They're not often responsive to over-the-counter treatment, or they will return once those have worn off. And they definitely can disrupt normal function for a lot of patients. So you mentioned kind of a benchmark there of four headaches per month. So if you're wondering whether it's time to see a doctor about a headache, which could possibly be a migraine. Is that the number people should keep in mind as a deciding factor? Well, certainly if you're concerned for a chronic situation, and we say four headaches per month, it's really four headache days per month because one headache can last one day or it can last four days. And if you're thinking about someone who has a job that they have to show up for, if they're having four headaches per month, if that's one per week, or if that's four headache days in a row, or whatever combination you have, it's definitely interrupting your life, and it definitely needs to be treated. But even patients who have one to three migraine headaches per month, or one to two every other month, if they meet those qualifications, as far as the symptomology, they may still want to treat them if they're not responding to over-the-counter treatment. Gotcha. So when someone does come to you and yours to be checked out for some sort of a headache disorder, how do you go about diagnosing what exact condition they have? So it has a lot to do with the specific symptoms they are having. 
if we're specifically talking about migraines, you know, the characteristics are usually a throbbing, pulsating headache. They're most of the time unilateral, which would mean on one side of the head or the other. They can occur with nausea, vomiting, dizziness, weakness, sensitivity to light, sounds, and smells. And so that's kind of like the history part of the exam when we're trying to find a diagnosis. And then the physical examination, the biggest thing that we really want to work on with diagnosing migraine is ruling out any secondary headache disorders. Now, a secondary headache disorder, those are headaches that are caused by another cause. You're getting a headache because you have a brain tumor or subarachnoid hemorrhage or meningitis or intracranial hypertension. These are diagnoses that you don't want to miss when a patient says they have a headache, right? So they're more rare, but those symptoms can overlap with migraine symptoms, but they're much more dangerous to the patient. So if you're doing a history and exam and certain types of hallmarks show up on the exam, we're going to say, hey, we probably need to do a higher workup with imaging and consultation with neurology. So I understand migraines are sometimes underdiagnosed by primary care physicians. Why is that? So a lot of times if someone is having headaches, a lot of times they'll treat over the counter. And sometimes that works for a while and it could be a regular headache or it could be a migraine headache. Some people just won't go to the doctor. We have a lot of those kind of patients or lack of patients <laughs> that won't come to the doctor. A lot of times they don't bring them to the attention of their primary care provider or some primary care providers aren't comfortable with diagnosing and treating migraines. One study showed that of the patients that present in primary care complaining of headaches, about 76% of those have migraine and another 18% on top of that had probable migraine, which means we have specific migraine criteria and they may meet all but one of that criteria. So that's 94% of the people coming in complaining of headache that do have migraine and they may or may not be getting diagnosed. And I think in the past, maybe physicians have been uncomfortable in the primary care realm of diagnosing these headaches. And so they end up either referring to neurology or maybe starting a medication and not following up and seeing if it's working appropriately or if they need to change to different medications. There's a lot of reasons why somebody might miss that diagnosis. I think it's getting better. There's a lot of tools that we use now to diagnose more easily and physicians are getting a little bit more adept at this. So we're all familiar with over-the-counter headache remedies for your sort of common everyday headache that goes away in a short time. You mentioned that. Other than that, be it for headache disorder and then at another level, migraines, what's the best treatment for those? So there's a lot of really good medications that are prescribed for migraines. There's some new ones that are more specific just for migraine. And then there's some older medications that we have used sort of wouldn't say off-label, but in addition to other diagnoses for migraine, it, you do have to kind of divide, are we using these for episodic migraine or are we using these for prevention of chronic migraine? So some of the older medications for episodic headaches, they are called triptans, and a lot of people will get those. You take one, if your headache isn't better in two hours, you take another one. Most of the time, if you catch that headache in the early phases, you can abort the headache with that medication. Most people will get this prescription. Their insurance will pay for about nine or 10 of these a month. And if they use all of those, they can't get another one for another month. But it's also a good diagnostic criteria to say, hey, if you're using all your triptans in a month, you're having more headaches than you should have. And we should look at preventative, right? 
Some of the other medications are for prevention. We have some anti-seizure medications, some antipsychotic medications, even some beta blockers, which are usually used for hypertension or heart rate control. But the newer medications, I'm really excited about those. So we have these CGRP inhibitors. So kind of going back to the mechanism of migraine, it has to do with the trigeminal nerve, which is one of the cranial nerves that innervates the body. And this one is specifically... It's called trigeminal because it has three branches. It divides and then feeds three parts of the face with motor and sensory. And so what we've been finding, or what the scientists have been finding, I I haven't been finding, the data has been showing that there are these CGRP molecules, specifically on the trigeminal nerve, that cause these headaches. And so it causes like vasodilation or swelling of the vessels in the head. And you only have so much room in your head. And if something starts getting bigger, you're going to have these nerve fibers that are going to react and start yelling for pain, right? And so these CGRP inhibitors work to cut down on the amount of CGRP that is hitting these receptors and causing this reaction. And they're very good because number one, they play nice with other medications. If you're on other medications, it's not going to react with other medications. It also has fewer side effects. And they're really safe for a lot of people. So some of these medications, like the tryptans, if you have any kind of cardiovascular disease or a strong family history of cardiovascular disease, you're not a candidate for those medications. So it's very exciting that these are coming out. And they've been used as episodic or abortive medications, meaning rescue, or you can use some of them for prevention. So they're very exciting. And I'm really excited about what we're finding out about headaches specifically and medications to treat them more effectively. Indeed, sounds like there are a lot of options there. A couple of other things, one being anything people can do on their own to reduce the chances of having head pain. So when someone comes to me with headaches, I like to talk to them about triggers. So a lot of people will establish care to discuss headaches. And it's very helpful if you're concerned about having migraines or a headache disorder to keep a headache log. This involves journaling the date, time, duration, any possible triggers that might go along with the incidence of a headache. So triggers can include increased stress, dehydration, certain activities or foods, odors, or anything that out of your routine or out of the ordinary that might have occurred that could trigger a headache. So this headache journal can also help with determining how many headache days you're having in a certain period of time. And then another thing to note is where the pain is located, how it changes over the course of the headache, any associated symptoms such as nausea, vision changes, weakness, and how you treated the pain, such as resting in a dark room, taking specific medications. So these are things you want to keep in mind if you're concerned for having a headache disorder. Now, other than taking medications, there are some lifestyle changes that we look at to prevent headaches. And so this is something that anybody who has headaches, either episodically or chronically, can consider eating healthy foods, things that aren't processed, meaning coming out of a box, a bottle, a can, a jar, a drive through The closer to the animal that it came from or the ground that it grew from, it's going to be better for you. You're going to be less likely to have a headache because a lot of times things that are added to our foods, our body can react to and have a headache or some other kind of reaction. Exercise. So when you're having a migraine, you don't want to go exercise. There's definitely, I want to get in a dark room with the air conditioner on and just rest it away. But a regular exercise program can help prevent headaches. There has been some data that shows that. And then there's some trigger foods that certain people will say, certain physicians even will say, hey, 
don't eat chocolate, don't eat cheese, don't drink wine. And if you find that those are triggers for you, certainly avoid them. But those are some of the things that I suggest when someone is concerned about headaches and migraines. Gotcha. And so in summary here, having said all of the above, what would you tell our listeners about their prospects for managing headache disorder like a migraine or other? So with the medications that we have available right now, even the triptans, you can expect in the episodic situation that it can curb that headache and get rid of it and less likely to have what we call rebound or medication overuse headaches. A lot of the -the over-the-counter things, they will get rid of the pain for a little while, but when it wears off, it comes back again, right? So that is for episodic. For chronic migraines, meaning, like I said, more than four headache days per month, most of these prevention medications say that we can reduce headache days by half. And that sounds really great. A lot of people who suffer from migraine are like, oh, I have 10 migraines per month and now I'll have five. That's great, but it's not all the way gone. But in experience with my patients and even myself, I have migraines. Taking these preventive medications, it often does better than that. Well, again, a number of options and certainly some good news there for people that are sufferers. Folks, we trust you're now more familiar with headache disorder including migraines. Dr. Valerie Staples, thanks so much again. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed speaking with you today. Oh, same here. And thank you as well. So for more information, you can visit infirmaryhealth.org. Again, that's infirmaryhealth.org. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social media. I'm Joey Waller. Thanks again for listening to HealthCast, a podcast from Infirmary Health.